Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. This is my song, Philip. This is my song. You know just so for well. you. Just for me. It's my day. And your day as well. But it's also my day. It's, it's, it's your day. I got my day on Tuesday. Today's your day. It's all you, Ben. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B-Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man as he gets ready for live coverage of ECU versus Canisius tonight. Inside Menges Coliseum on ESPN Plus. That all comes your way at 7 o'clock. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say Menges and not Menges? I say Menges. I don't like Menges. I don't like how it sounds. Okay. All right. Well, you, just, you just changed the name of it because you don't like the way something sounds. That's, wow. Hey, that's how the Disappointing. Way, that's that's Anyways, the way continue. I am. I like it that way. Well, I caused myself some discomfort calling it, what is it, Menges? Yeah. It's Menges. All right. That's what I'm calling it. Anyways, be sure to tune in at 7 o'clock ESPN Plus for tip-off there. Be sure to check out the P-Man. Uh, I would say easily in the last couple of years, best play-by-play man when it comes to ECU basketball on the Plus or any kind of TV broadcast. So, Shout-out to him. And uh, a lot happening over the weekend. A lot in store. Of course, ECU football taking on uh, Memphis tomorrow. In Memphis, not the easiest place to play, but... Not the easiest team to play in general. Very inconsistent. You don't know what Memphis team you're going to get. But if ECU gets one more, they put themselves in bowl contention. Something I never thought I would say here, uh, especially coming into this year. Yes, I was optimistic, but I wasn't thinking bowl game. I wasn't either. Schedule. But don't tell Coach Houston that. Oh, yeah. The only game that matters is Memphis, baby. Well, last week it was the only game that mattered was Temple. He, he was screaming to the heavens it was Temple. We didn't hear anything about Memphis this week, but – all I knew about was, hey, don't mention bowl game around him when it came to that Temple game. He starts screaming Temple at you. Starts hooting at you. Talking about the Owls. Either way. We took care of them, Owls. Either way, we thought we would put a little bit of a unique twist when it comes to our Daily Pirate Report. Uh, we're going to do it this way. No audio. We, we, we've gotten through all of that. We've played all of it. Every, every piece of audio you want to hear is either on YouTube or you can go back to our archives from Earlier this week, you can hear from the coordinators, you can hear from the players, the coaches. You've heard it all. Same old, same old. We decided to do it a little bit differently. Three keys to a Pirate victory against Memphis at today's Pirate Report. Philip, take it away. Read sponsors for today. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by Acre Station, local grown pork, beef, fresh smoked sausage, Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown. Also by Doug Henry Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Farmville and Doug Henry Ford in Aiden. You paid more if you didn't get yours at Doug Henry. I got my Doug Henry. There you go. Nailed it. Always got to throw that there at the end. Let's start with this. I think this one's a little bit obvious, but I think the keys in general are obvious when it comes to this Memphis game just the way it is. Let's start with getting the ball to Keaton Mitchell. 
Keaton Mitchell, I think, leads the conference in rushing yards with 908 rushing yards. That's with Rajay Harris also getting a good amount of carries. And when you look at this Memphis defense, particularly their rushing defense, they're 62nd in the country out of 130th. Yeah, out of 130 FBS teams. Uh, when you look at this conference, conference and kind of their running backs, I would argue the two best are Keaton and Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. Outside of that, I'll throw Rajay in there. And then when you look at the other teams, it's a who's who when it comes to running backs. The fact that they're, they're that low, and they had a little bit, I, I don't want to say they had high expectations to the point where we're talking they were going to win conference championship, but Memphis is the team every year we expect them to be the cream of the crop when it comes to the American Athletic Conference. And um, they just haven't been getting it done when it comes to their defense, particularly the run, the run defense in general. So I think... Let's not overthink it too much when it comes to playing Memphis. Yes, Memphis is a very inconsistent team. Like I've said before, you don't know what Memphis team you're going to get. But let's just keep it simple. Get it to your playmakers. Get it to your guys. Keith Mitchell, I would think, is your number one offensive player, your number one playmaker when it comes to this offense. Get him the ball and let him do his thing. Thoughts on that, Philip? You agree, disagree? No, I definitely agree. Like you said, they have not defended the run as well as they have the pass. And this goes into one of my keys, and that is playing ahead of the sticks. If you're running the ball in first down and getting four to five yards, heck, even if you get three, you're playing ahead of the sticks. You've seen our third down percentage go up these last couple weeks. It was something that was atrocious earlier in the season. But the reason why we were bad on third down is because we weren't good on first and second down. We've been better on first and second down lately. Continue to do that because this Memphis team does have a solid pass defense, and you do not want to be forced to throw the ball in third and eight. Oh, yeah. By far, I think you cover it perfectly there. Philip there, former all-conference wide receiver, one of the greatest that ever played at whatever high school you came from. Eh, let's not get carried away. One of you not state championships. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Anyways, that's going to do it for our first one. Our second one, it also pertains to the Memphis defense. This Memphis defense in general, not very good as compared to past Memphis Tigers defenses, but... Their pass defense is even worse than their rush defense. And I know we've been inconsistent at times when it comes to our receivers this year. It's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint who's the guy in our offense when it comes to receivers. Is it Audie? Some games it does look like it's Audie. Other games it look like it may be CJ. Other games is it Tyler Sneed when he lines up at receiver. Who's really the guy? And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But at the end of the day, it's, it goes back to what I said in the first one. you got to get it to your playmakers in the receiving room. Here's a stat for you. Memphis, pass defense-wise, ranks very low. 101st in the nation out of 130. Uh, it says that they've allowed 2,285 passing yards this season so far. On average, they allow 323 passing yards a game. Not very good whatsoever. So I was wrong. I thought their pass defense a little better. However, I do think there has been some garbage time throwing from the other team that has definitely helped that. They've had some prevent defense in there a lot because they do have they are five and four and they have yeah. won some games pretty comfortably. Yeah. And that kind of leads me when you come to the pass defense, it leads me to kind of my third and final point. I'll get to your other two points here in a second. But uh my second one kind of leads into my third one, and that's Holton Aylers doesn't need to do anything too cute or too special against this defense. I think when we've seen kind of the all-time worst or really bad Holton Aylers games this year, it's been because he's tried to do too much. We can blame the offensive line all we want. We can blame the playmakers on offense. At the end of the day, you got to get it to your guys. You got to make the right decisions when necessary. And I think 
in the games that we've lost, in games that we could have won, it's because Holton has made a just a really bad decision, whether it's a pick. Uh, I could think back to that one game where he had a clear-cut, clear-cut shot to the end zone, rushing-wise, and he decides to force the throw to C.J., and C.J. tried his best. But, I mean, at the end of the day, difficult catch. I mean, there's pro-level receivers that couldn't even make that catch. I think when you look back to our losses, kind of the consistent theme going on is the fact that Holton's decision-making wasn't all there. I think if you're Donnie K, you find a way to get the ball out of Holton hands quick, Holton's hands quickly in this game and get it to his playmakers quickly, especially when it comes to the passing game. Well, give it to those guys in space. That's the big thing. It seems like the games we've struggled – like I said, we haven't gotten to him quickly, and the big thing is in space. Uh, there was one game we were walking out of together. I believe it was the South Carolina game. We were talking about we didn't get the ball to Tyler Snead enough in space. And sometimes, yeah, you don't want to force the ball, but sometimes you just got to call a screen pass or a quick out where he's the hot route. Where it, When it comes out of Holton's hands, might only look like it's going to be a two- or three-yard gain and not much, but you got to have the – confidence that Tyler Snead is going to go turn that two or three yard gain into an eight or ten yard gain. And he's definitely a guy that can do it. When you look at our running backs and Keaton and this is kind of an underrated aspect when it comes to Rajay Harris. Rajay Harris can also be a force despite the fact that he's what 220 pound back kind of built more like a power back. He could be a force in the pass game. He could receive the ball of the backfield. Get your running backs involved in the pass game. That's an easy way for Holton to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think it helps your offensive line a little bit when it comes to pressure. Oh, I think so for sure. You definitely do. But no matter what you are doing, there's one guy you have to account for on their defense, and that is their Mike linebacker, J.J. Russell. This guy is a red shirt, red shirt senior. He has 92 solo tackles on the year. I believe it's 35 or 36 assisted tackles. Don't have the stats right in front of me. You have to know where that guy is at all times. And Coach Kirkpatrick talked this week about how in practice they made sure they told Holton and Avery Jones – who was the Mike who was supposed to be Russell at all times during inside run period as well as team period, and they were always, even more so than normal, calling out exactly where he is and knowing where he is on the field. That's a good point. I think uh, at times when Holton's really struggled this year besides his decision-making, it's kind of been pre-snap reads, reading the defense, finding what the coverage is, what's going on on defense, and uh, the fact that they're really practicing this week, and Donnie Case said that, that's uh, that that's – it's a cause for a lot of encouragement coming into this game because I don't – I'm not going to go as far as to say they haven't been practicing that, but it's good to know to get that we're getting that confirmation that that is being worked on and that Holton is at least going to come into this week with that kind of prep. He is, and the fact that Avery's been more healthy probably now than he has been all year with his early bang-ups and the center plays such a big role in, in that part of the offense as well. And so he said Avery did a good job with that this week as well. So – um, the one thing we got to talk about still, though, is uh, Blake Harrell's done one heck of a job with this defense, and they are going to have a tough task for him this week. And this goes to one of my keys to the game, and that is stop Calvin. Dang it, my his last name just left Austin. my Austin. Yep, Calvin Austin the third. I almost I went to go say Calvin Johnson. So like, yeah, they're right. <laughs> this guy is a phenomenal punt returner. John Young, our punter, talked earlier in the week about how he gets to kind of have a chess match with the best returner in our conference. So he's excited for what he's got to do. Also, this defense is going to have to stop this guy. This guy is leading, I believe, the conference in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. I know he's got nine touchdowns. He is having a phenomenal year, and their offense goes through him. And if we stop him and force them to look other places, 
I think good things are going to happen. But also, like I said, you can't let him have that game-changing play in the return game as well. That's on John Young, and that's also on our guys getting down there and making open field tackles. When you look at guys in the conference right now at the receiver position who have the best chance to go pro or their pro aspirations in the draft, um, who's a guy that could probably be a high pick? It's definitely Calvin Austin. He stands out above the rest. And if there's any guy you want on Calvin Austin, it's this guy, Jaquan McMillan, who's been straight up – a lockdown corner this year. He's looking like Josh Norman back in 2015. And uh, if you want any guy to be on Calvin Austin, that's the guy. If I were to pick a key matchup in this game or a matchup to keep your eye on, uh, it's definitely Jaquan McMillan against Calvin Austin. Oh, I agree. And he, like you said, he's been phenomenal. Not only lockdown, but he's been a ball hawk as well, which we loved. Obviously, the huge pick to win the game at Marshall. And, uh, no, I agree with you. This is the matchup to watch. And it's this matchup, whoever wins this matchup could win the football game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, don't necessarily need the flashy, stylish plays from Jaquan McMillan that we've seen before, but just the quiet lockdown plays where Calvin Elston's not getting open in space. He's not really getting behind him. He's keeping everything in front of him and just making the, just making the tackles, being consistent with his tackling, and just kind of neutralizing him a little bit. I don't think you're going to completely shut down Calvin Austin but if you could just neutralize them a little bit, uh, we'll take it. I think you could, you have a very good chance of winning this ball game. If you can hold them to about what six catches for probably 48, 50 yards, I think that's a darn good day. If if, if we're looking at the stat sheet after the game, and uh, you told me that was what Calvin Austin's receiving yards were, and I didn't know the outcome of the game, I would predict it was probably ECU win if you hold them to that little of receiving yards and that low of uh, catches. Personally, no, that's I not, agree. That's what I, I agree. Think. Like I said, that that could be the big thing. Third and final key to victory for you. Oh, I mentioned it earlier. It was the uh, it was the staying in front of the chains part. Uh, there we go. Get you know, doing good things on first and second down as well as uh, discipline, not having a lot of penalties, and that is another thing this offense has gotten better at. I'd say the last three or four weeks, really. I guess even since that little road trip that we had there against UCF and Houston, even though. Both those games are losses. It just seems like the the offensive penalties have really declined, so that's been a good thing. Yeah, and uh, going back to Holton Aylers when it comes to this game, I think people might disagree with, me, disagree with me when it comes to this. They might argue the SMU game was Holton's best performance, but I'm going to go these last two games against South Florida and Temple, and my personal opinion were Holton's best performance in college football, mainly because those games matter. We're playing for a bowl game right now. We have a good chance to go to a bowl game. You don't go to a bowl game if you don't get those wins, obviously. And the fact that he's not he's not doing too much. He's making the right decisions. To go back to what I goes back to what I say, he's not he's not forcing any throws. He's not trying to make an unbelievable play. He's trying not he's not trying to look like MVP Cam Newton or anything. He's just getting it to his playmakers. He's making the easy throws. Um, when you look at the stat sheet, when it comes to that last game against Temple. It may not seem that way. He had three passing touchdowns, a pick, and then he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, had less than 200 yards passing, which kind of supports the fact that, you know, he's just making the easy, necessary reads. But that's all you need from him. You just need him to be a leader in this offense. You need him really to just be a game manager, be a leader, and make the smart decisions, and that's when you reap the benefits when it comes to this offense. Holden doesn't need to be the guy in this offense like he has in previous seasons. All you need to do is give it to your guys like Tyler Sneed, uh, C.J. Johnson, uh, Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris, and you can read the benefits. This could be a really good ECU offense, and we saw it with South Florida too. On the stat sheet, doesn't really pop out to you. 220 passing yards and a passing touchdown. That was it. 
but I feel like that's one of the better holding games because he's just getting it to our playmakers, and he led them to victory. That's all you need to do, and those games mattered. It's not like the SMU game. In the grand scheme of things, it was good in terms of providing some momentum coming into this year, but it's, it didn't mean anything. It was, it was a meaningless game. It wasn't a game that was going to put you in bowl contention. It wasn't a game that was going to give you any kind of postseason aspirations. These games mean more, in my personal opinion. That's why I think those were the better Holton games. And we need another game like those two, especially against Memphis. And it goes back to my point, get your ball to your playmakers. Don't force any throws. Make the smart football plays. We uh, we do need to wrap this segment, so I won't make this long. I agree with you. When the pressure's on you, it's harder. It was bigger. These were more meaningful games. And also, when people hear their stats, they forget. You know, Holton was talking about last week, the ball sometimes would blow left. It sometimes would blow right. There were swirling winds in that stadium. We saw it with the lack of kicking. Also, that South Florida game, yeah, he threw for 200-plus yards in a freaking monsoon. So, you know, it's tough to throw the ball when it's that wet. We saw that at the end of that uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina game last night with Sam Howell really struggling to throw the football there when the rain was coming down. All right, that's going to do it for today's Pirate Report. Coming up. Special guest here, former ECU basketball player, guard at ECU. He's got a lot of familiar, familiarity with the program, excuse me. Uh, Going to give us a little bit of a preview of Canisius tonight. What to what look forward to when it comes to ECU and Canisius? Uh, what does he see from the guard play so far? All that and much more. TJ Long used to be Patrick's right-hand man when it comes to the ECU basketball pregame shows. Should say used to be. Maybe they'll have some things in the work this season. I don't know. Ask Patrick. Either way, TJ Long on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Atavola in Greenville is your local marketplace. Atavola offers diverse menu selections, casual lunches, and family meals ready to go. At Atavola, they specialize in the creative use of fresh ingredients, seasonal menu selections, and fun culinary creations from the kitchen that will satisfy even the pickiest taste buds. Treat yourself to lunch or dinner today at Atavola, and make sure to join them the second Wednesday of every month for their free wine tastings. Atavola Red Banks Road in Greenville. Fastest two hours in radio. Fastest two hours in radio. The award-winning Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. With Patrick Johnson and ECU legend Terrence Copper. Counting down to kick off with all the info you need to get ready for game day. Green 54. <laughs> the Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. Pirate Game Day Countdown. On 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Hey, I want to tell you about Wilson Roads Heating and Air Conditioning. They've been in the keeping you comfortable business for 60 years on Hooker Road in Greenville. Steve Rhodes, second generation, gives each customer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Wilson Rhodes, an authorized train dealer specializing in new installations, home replacements, service agreements on all makes and models. Go online at wilsonroads.com for simple financing options that are just a few clicks away. To get the job done right, Wilson Rhodes, you'll be comfortable in no time in Greenville.
I'm with my health insurance agent, Bill Jenkins. Bill is an employee benefit specialist and life insurance agent from Town Insurance. Bill, give us an update on Town Insurance here in North Carolina. Town Insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in North Carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide. We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market and assist businesses on benefit administration, as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. Call today as the best time is now to come to town. For a casual and relaxing dining experience, look no further than Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Locally owned and operated by David and Kelly Munoz, Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern offers a wide variety of appetizers, soups, salads, and entrees with specialty mixed drinks and a great selection of craft beers. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 until 10, or call 227-4399. Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man. While he's getting ready for his ESPN Plus broadcast. ECU Canisius, that's coming your way at 7 o'clock. Philip the Ref Pilkington on the ones and twos. I'm now fortunate to be joined by a former co-host of Patrick when it comes to the ECU basketball pregame shows. Maybe they'll get that going a little bit more this year as well. Uh, Former ECU basketball player, former Pirate. Former guard at ECU on the 92-93 squad, TJ Long. How's it going, TJ? Haven't heard from you in a while. I'm good, Ben. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you. Good to hear your voice. Hopefully we get some more basketball pregame shows going this year. Well, that, that sounds great. Yeah, Patrick wanted me to kind of step in and make sure you kids were doing all right. So ah, I appreciate the opportunity. We're trying. We're trying. We won't get you in trouble here. <laughs> good. All right, let's get down to business here when it comes to Pirate basketball. Let's kind of start with the obvious when it comes to this Pirate squad. Joe Dooley, he kind of took a little bit of a different approach when it came to recruiting after losing a few key starters in the portal. I mean, I don't think it needs to be mentioned, the fact that Jaden Gardner's playing for Virginia. Lighted it up at Virginia, I might add there. I mean, he looked unbelievable in their first game. And uh, Joe kind of hit the portal himself. He added a double-digit score from the ACC and Winston Tabs. And a few guys who got some playing time at the SEC as well. How do you feel about the way Joe kind of built this roster in the offseason when his back was kind of against the wall? Yeah, I think he's done a great job. Um, there, there are several players uh, watching the game the other night was really impressed with, with Brandon Johnson. Um, he came in from um, down in Brunswick Community College. He's got four years of eligibility left, and he was uh, brought him in. He looked really good the other night to me as a uh, a young player, really long, six nine. 
Um, and, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, Coach Dooley did a great job there. R.J. Felton, uh, Winston Tabs, I mean, he added a lot of talent and was able to, as they say, the, the portal giveth and it taketh away. And I think he did a good job kind of restructuring and, um, you know, retooling his program. I think that was a P-Man quote from the ESPN broadcast the other night. Somebody's paying attention. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, someone's taking notes. Anyways, TJ, <laughs> for the people who may be disappointed in how the Pirates played in their season opener against South Carolina State, and rightfully so, I think it was a little bit too close for comfort, one thing they have to keep in mind when it comes to this team is the fact that there's a lot of new pieces, like we mentioned, coming into this Pirate basketball squad. During your tenure in the basketball program, most of the key players on that 92-93 squad had at least been on ECU's kind of team for at least two to three years. When you're around guys that have tenure with a program like that and you're accustomed to the locker room with these guys, what does that do for your team on the floor? Because people have to understand, basketball is very much a game that requires a lot of chemistry between your players and your teammates. Yeah, basketball is a game of, of chemistry and, and rhythm. And look, let's face it, the Pirates didn't shoot well. You go back and look at the stats. They were 32% from the floor, from the, um, from the floor, 22% from the three-point line, and 59% from the free-throw line. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Dooley was pretty, uh, you know, he, wa- he wasn't happy with that. And some of those things, you know, the free throws, I can tell you, I can promise you, they shoot free throws. They practice free throws. They keep up with their free throws in practice. You, you run up and down, then they coaches have you go shoot free throws while you're, you know, winded and tired like you've been running, and they keep up with it. And, um, you know, for everything that I have heard and talked with the coaches about, 59%, you know, that, that kind of came from out of, out of nowhere. And that happens sometimes in coaching. I've coached some teams where, you know, people have said, well, why didn't you coach you guys to, to, you know, to not do this or not do that? And it's like, well, I've never seen that happen before. It didn't happen until it happened in the game. And I think Coach Dooley talked about this um, in uh, some of the interviews, or maybe it was a post-game interview. You know, coming down the stretch, we missed five straight free throws, and I think a couple of those were one-and-ones. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, for everything that we've heard, that's kind of uncharacteristic, um, that, that we'd be a better free-throw shooting team uh, than that. So, you know, number one, we've got to put the ball in the basket. We've got to hit some shots. We've got to do a little bit better from the three-point line. And, uh, you know, when when you do that, that that those those things come off of chemistry and those things come off of rhythm. And so, yeah, I think being comfortable with one another is a big thing. We got new pieces. Uh, I'll go back uh, to Vance uh, Jackson and 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 Brandon Johnson again. I thought they looked really good inside, but there was a couple of times that you know maybe they 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 made a move. Coach Dooley uses the phrase "sped up." I used to say "be quick, but not in a hurry." And I think a couple of times the guys got in a hurry. Um, I think uh, I think Luigi will look to bounce back tonight. Uh, Debo, uh, he made a couple of couple of good moves, but didn't finish. And again, I think he got a little bit excited, got a little bit hurried, or sped up. And um, you know, you kind of like I say, you start to play in a hurry and, and just not being quick. So I think they get back to that. I actually got to go to practice, uh, and watched them oh, shot the ball well here. in practice. And they look good. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for them to bounce back tonight against Canisius. Very good points there. And uh, just kind of looking back to that first game against South Carolina State, there was a lot of inconsistency when it came to players. Guys would go on runs, and then they would disappear a little bit. I'm mainly thinking of kind of the guards, the guards that had been there in the Pirate program, specifically Tristan Newton and J.J. Miles. And it seemed like Dooley 
really was kind of relying on them to lead the way, mainly because they had been with the program, they had been leaders in the program, and they played, they, I mean, they play at the guard position, so you expect them to get it to their guys. While these bigs and forwards that ECU added kind of get acclimated with the flow of things, being a former guard yourself at ECU, what would you like to see from those guys tonight in J.J. Miles and Tristan Newton? Yeah, I, well, I think you hit the nail on the head there, the, the consistency. Those, those guys can shoot it. Uh, I will say, you know, uh, Tremont Robinson-White, when he came in the game, I thought he he, he settled us down a little bit. Loved him he, defensively. Uh, he ended up with nine assists um, in the last game, and, and he was able to find some guys, played great um, on the ball mm-hmm. defense. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see J.J. stay with it, knock down some shots, and, and also, you know, with, with Tristan – you know, when the game got kind of a little bit tight down the stretch, I thought Tristan did a nice job of getting the ball before we got the ball to him. And he, he ended up hitting a couple of buckets there late, ended up hitting several free throws there late. And you look up and, you know, he, he, ends, up with, uh, he ends up with 15 points and J.J. ends up with 18 points. And in your mind, kind of as I was watching the game, I was like, well, they really haven't played a great game. So, you know, my hope is, and and, and I think Coach Dooley also said this, he was like, hey, we shot 32%, 22% and 59%, and we end up with 70 points. You know, that's that's a lot of points for those poor percentages. So, anyway, I'm, I'm hoping things will come together. I'm hoping a little bit more consistency with the guards, getting the ball, um, to the guys who can who can put it in the bucket and, and knock some shots down. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. The main thing is when you get open looks, just make those shots. I felt like there was a lot of times in that uh, South Carolina State game where those guards were getting open looks. They were wide open, and for whatever reason, the shots just wouldn't fall. So that's definitely a huge key when it comes to this game tonight against Canisius. Well, and I, and I think sometimes, you know, there, there's no 20-point plays in basketball. And I used to go through this with my with, with my teams and, and teams I've been on. Sometimes you start to press a little bit. It's a team that you know that you you should probably beat, and you're you're trying to hurry up and get a twenty point lead. And you don't get a twenty point lead in one possession or two possessions or three possessions. A twenty point lead happens over time where you're playing solid defense and you're and you're moving the ball around and you're and you're getting back and you're doing all the things that Absolutely. you need to do and you're scoring on offense. And it felt like to me a little bit that there were guys kind of trying to hit a 20-point uh, shot or a 10-point shot to get us a good lead and, and, and put us up over a team. South Carolina State had not been very uh, – I think they won just a few games uh, uh, in the previous year. And it was almost like they were pressing a little bit. So, you know, I think there's a combination of things there. So hopefully we come out and we just do things great one play at a time. And at the end of the night, we're up whatever we're up. But, you know, I think that's something they need to kind of kind of think about and work on. Switching over to kind of the bigs and the forwards, we added a few of those in the offseason. Uh, a lot of them got a lot of minutes in, in that South Carolina State game. I'm thinking of guys like Vance Jackson, Alonzo Frank, and uh, Brandon Johnson. And all of them, at times, showcased, uh, showcased playmaking ability, showcased that they have the it factor. But kind of like with our guards there in Tristan Newton and J.J. Miles, a little bit of inconsistency. Just sometimes easy layups just weren't falling Maybe it was a mental thing. I don't know what exactly the case was with that. What kind of stood out to you about those players and Vance Jackson, Alonzo Frank, and Brandon Johnson, and what are you looking for from them tonight? Yeah, I think I think Vance Jackson showed, um, you know, he shows that he has some some offensive weaponry there, and um, you know, again, he, 
his percentage probably wasn't where it needed to be because I thought a couple of times in the second half he might have took a, a couple of shots fairly quick in the possession. I know there was a couple of times he took a couple of threes real early in the shot clock. And, you know, we, we can get that shot anytime. We don't, we don't even have to have an offense to, um, uh, to, to take a, a, a quick three. But I think, again, you know, just trying to make a play, trying to make something happen. I, again, I got to watch him shoot the ball a little bit, and, and I've been to a couple of practices there, and he has a really nice stroke. So what I would like to see from him is just, hey, just relax and go, go do what you do, and you'll be fine. And I, I'm really pulling for Luigi. Luigi has put in, uh, DeBoe has put in a lot of work, and I think the coaches have been real pleased with some of the work that he's done and, and working to get better. And you'd like to see a big man like that, you know, get in. He makes the move and he beats the defender. And then you just got to finish finish the play. And some of that's just about relaxing and finishing the play. Like I said, being quick and not in a not in a hurry. And so I'm looking for him to for him to bounce back as well. Yeah, Luigi's a guy that kind of gets a lot of slack when it comes to kind of ba- pirate basketball fans. But the thing about him is he lost a lot of weight in the off season. And it's kind of like how Joe Dooley, what he said about Tremont Robinson-White last year. Tremont Robinson-White came off an injury. He came in and at times looked inconsistent and kind of looked a little bit lost on the floor. But the big thing Joe Dooley said with him is he's got to get used to playing in his body. He changed his body in the offseason. It's it's definitely an adjustment. I think that's kind of the deal with Lucci. He's just got to get used to this new body that he's playing in. He used to be playing as a big, a strong big in uh, the American Athletic Conference. Oh yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, Luigi hasn't played a ton of basketball um, ever. I mean, you know, he picked it up. He picked it up of late, yeah. And 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 so he can really he can really get out and run. He's he can get out and and I'd really like to see the Pirates. And I think Coach Dooley would like to play would like to play fast and get out and run. And I'd really like to see you know Luigi get out and run and pitch the ball up to him and go rim to rim. And I think if he could get out and get a couple of dunks or something like that, get a couple of easy, easy buckets, I think the world would change uh, for him. It's, it's one of those, you know, it's hard to have confidence in yourself when you haven't seen yourself do it. And so I, I think he just has to go out and, and <laughs> I think he can do it. And I think he can be a, a really effective player. He just needs to go out and do it. And then once he does it, he'll know it. You know what I mean? It's one of those, it's one of those situations where um, he's trying to put it together, but um Pulling for him because I really think he could be a factor for the Pirates. No doubt, no doubt about it. Now, TJ, when you look at this Kanisha squad, it's a team that gave Miami in their season opener a run for its money. The Golden Griffin team also has struggled shooting beyond the arc, much like the Pirates. So while they maybe haven't shot as well from the free throw line as they would like, with that in mind, what's kind of your key to a Pirate victory tonight? Yeah, I think, you know, um, one, we got to take care of the basketball. But Kanisha's was successful in turning that game into an ugly game. Uh, they, they uh, on the de- defensive end, they had 10 steals and, um, you know, they kind of made the game a, a sloppy game. So one, we're going to have to take care of the basketball and, and not turn it over, which we did do pretty well against South Carolina state. So I'm hoping that happens. And the other is they, they've got a couple of guys who can, um, who can score the basketball Malik green. Yeah. He, uh, he scored 21 points and had eight rebounds and six, seven guy. Um, uh, he was, I think third, third team. Um, all conference for them, and it's coming back this year. So hopefully we can contain him a little bit and also get a hand in the face of Jordan Henderson. Henderson shoots about 42. Now he's the one guy who who, who does shoot it pretty well for um, Canisius, and he shot uh, 42% from the floor last year, so he can shoot it. So I think if we can contain those two, uh, we stand a pretty good chance, a real good chance to win tonight. 
I completely agree. Now, this is going to be a little bit off the wall here. This might throw you off a little bit, but I, I got full <laughs> faith in you. All right, this okay. is this is going to be completely irrelevant, but it's kind of it's going to it's it's kind of intro the next segment here. Relying on you heavy here, TJ Long, Cam Newton. Okay. Yay or nay, coming yeah. to Carolina? Are you yay or nay with that signing? Yay, I am a I am a Cam Newton fan because he plays the game hard. And he always had, and for everything that he's done, some people don't like the showboating and some of that. And I had to kind of, you know, the all that stuff that he would do. I kind of had to, that worked on me for a little bit. Yeah. But I tell you what, I, I don't see he doesn't take a whole lot of plays off. And I can respect the guy when when Ron Rivera says, no matter what, he shows up and he's one of the hardest workers out here. So when he does that, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, that that Cam has a has a nice reunion and can get the the Panthers going here. Interesting. I like it. I love to see it. Thanks a lot, TJ. TJ, former ECU basketball player on that 92-93 squad. He's kind of our main man when it comes to ECU basketball pregame show. TJ Long, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, Ben, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great to be on with you guys. Always, brother. Thanks a lot. All right. Coming up on the other side of this quick timeout. You knew we couldn't do a show without mentioning it or dedicating a – Kind of a long segment to it. Cam Newton to Carolina. Our personal thoughts. Are we personally yay or nay on it? And kind of another debate here. Is Sam Darnold the worst starting quarterback in Panthers history? Me, Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man. Philip the Ref Pilkington filling in on the ones and twos. Then turn chill Phil. I'll chime in next here on our ECU basketball pregame edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pair Customs is excited to announce their new 21 Deep V center console. This boat is designed for offshore fishing, inshore fishing, and sandbar hopping. This boat might be a 21-footer, but feels more like a 23 with the motor installed on the bracket, giving you more space with no obstructions. Pair has four models to choose from to take care of any boater's desires and needs. Check out the new upgraded website at pairmarine.com. And there's a new build calculator with current pricing and pictures of all options from which to choose. You can even track the progress of your pair custom boat while being built. And they'll send you pictures of your build in progress. Visit Pair Custom Boats at 106 Tar Heel Drive in Washington, North Carolina. Or visit them online at pairmarine.com. See their new updated website at pairmarine.com. Attention seniors who are Medicare eligible and those on Medicare disability. Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group with five branches local to Eastern North Carolina wants you to know that the annual open enrollment period is October 15th until December 7th. This is the only time this year that Medicare recipients can make changes to their Advantage plans, supplement plans, or prescription drug plans for 2022. Medicare benefits don't have to be confusing. 
Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154 or come in and speak to a trusted advisor. They'll explain the options and help guide you through the process in case you want to make changes. Using an agent doesn't cost a thing and gives you the peace of mind about enrolling in the right plan. Remember, open enrollment for 2022 is only available until December 7th. Call Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group at 252-946-8154, online at flatlandsjessup.com, or visit them on Facebook. Finally, Greenville has a new PT's Grill. PT's Old Fashioned Grill is open on Greenville Boulevard across from Ashley Furniture. With burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, salads, even two vegan burgers. PT's Old Fashioned Grill uses fresh, never-frozen beef and chicken, plus their famous hand-cut fries are prepared daily for each meal. They also have hand-squeezed lemonade and local beers on tap. For lunch or dinner, check out PT's Old Fashioned Grill on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville, and you'll understand what all the excitement is about. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the ground. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. Let the rain. Welcome back to the Pat Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P Man. You're about to make me cry here, Phil. Need some tissues here. Of course, if you haven't heard the good word, great news. I don't know if it's great news, but the news, the news of the world, the news of Carolina, Cam Newton back with the Carolina Panthers, signing a $10 million deal for the rest of the season. Normally you would say a one-year $10 million deal, but it's literally like it's going to be for another what? Seven, eight games? I mean, I don't know if you could call that a one-year deal. Eight games. And aren't we still playing him in dead cap from like three years ago? I believe so, because we did give him a lucrative contract at one point, and obviously we ended up releasing him, what was it, two years ago? So Yeah, I think we have five different quarterbacks on six different contracts, if I'm not mistaken. Just throwing that out there. Fun fact, as recent as 2016, Jake DeLome was still on the Carolina Panthers payroll. Could you believe that? Oof. Yeah. He's still on our payroll, man. He's our announcer. He's doing a great job. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> got Jake. Remember those, sh- remember those shirts? Got Jake. Yeah, got Jake. I'm wearing my Super Dab shirt. Easily the most horrendous shirt I've ever seen in person. But, you know, I wanted to keep the positive vibes going. Why not? I'm doing it for the goof. Doesn't matter. Why not? Anyways, um, initial reactions to this signing. I was not a big fan of it. I personally thought P.J. Walker was the guy that's in the building. He's a Matt Rule guy. Yes, P.J. Walker hasn't looked good when he has played this year, but give him a full week of prep with the ones. Uh, he's a guy obviously familiar with Matt Rule's offense. He's familiar with Matt Rule. Just give him a chance. And it, obviously they are this weekend, but I would have liked to see him ride it out for the rest of the season, at least what we got there. But instead, they signed Cam Newton. Obviously it's a fan favorite move. Let's face it, the Carolina Panthers aren't what they are today without Cam Newton. There's a whole dedicated fan base of strictly Camther fans, Cam Newton fans. I can think of our guy, Casey Ranieri. He's got a crush on the man. It's a good PR move. I don't know if it's a good football move. Here's the thing about it. I wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled about it at first. Not, not because of football reasons, but more so the fanny reasons, the fan perspective of things. 
Cam Newton's a guy that's always had excuses. And I think it saved his butt a lot when it's came to starting jobs. You know, when you look at Cam Newton's tenure in Carolina, it was always the offensive line was not very good. Yes, he didn't have tackles, but he he consistently had all pro guards. He had one of the best centers in Panthers history. And yes, I'm not going to say those offensive lines are good, but I think they're definitely way better than what Sam Darnold had this year. Can we agree on that? We can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Andrew Norwell was an all-pro guy. Uh, Trey Turner was another one. Ryan Khalil was a guy that's had success with this organization. Cam Newton, I believe, also played a little bit with Taylor Moten, given it was early on in his career, but Taylor Moten's a baller as well. So, I mean, I'd, yes, the offensive line wasn't great, but it's not as bad as what Sam Darnold's dealing with. So, I'm already preparing for the fans when Sam – not Sam Darnold, when Cam Newton comes out, let's say, not this Arizona game, but whatever the following game is, and if he has a bad game, you're going to hear the fans already making excuses for him, saying he doesn't have an offensive line. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Because when Sam Darnold was playing downright awful, we didn't hear anything about the offensive line. We didn't even hear anything about how bad the receivers were playing. It was all on Sam Darnold. You can't change it around or, or, or change the narrative when Cam Newton's playing. That's simply not fair. Well, and last year when we would lose 30-something to 30-something also, it yeah. was Teddy Two Gloves' fault when the defense left 37 points. So, Which, you know. by the way, do, I mean, do we issue an apology for Teddy Bridgewater? We do. Because if you remember correctly, I think it was something that was caught, talked about on the Patrick Johnson show. And on the very first episode of On the Prowl of Panthers podcast, which airs every Monday on 94 Through the Game's Facebook and YouTube pages, we reacted to Teddy Bridgewater saying that the Panthers didn't really practice red zone offense and that Matt Rule was basically clueless when it came to his offensive philosophy, as well as Joe Brady. Well, turns out we, we bashed it. We thought Teddy was just bitter because things didn't necessarily work out here in Carolina. Turns out Teddy was right. Teddy had a point there. I guess he did. And by the way, I gave my opinion on all this cam stuff yesterday. Uh, just to let you know, before we get to Chill's point, because I do want to let him to give his point, um, 65% yes, 35% no on our Twitter poll of liking the cam signing. So 65% of people are for the cam signing. I was surprised this people, uh, this amount of people or a majority of the amount of people are, are excited for this. I'm not surprised at all. But anyways, Chill is a Packers fan, so he does not see this from an emotional standpoint that we do as Panther fans. He sees this solely from a business standpoint. So he is actually the perfect guy to have talk about this. So Chill, Phil, I'm going to let you take it away. What are your thoughts on the Cam Newton reuniting with the Carolina Panthers? Well, from a neutral perspective, you know, I think it's exciting. I like having him back in the NFL. remember watching him when I was just a little kid, and now he's back. And um, – I can't help but think that the Panthers certainly need something to change. They need some guy to uplift them. I think he's been working hard on the offseason when uh, not playing so far, and I believe he could start for a lot of good teams. I think, you know, our rivals, the Packers' rivals, Chicago Bears, I I fancy him better than Justin Fields. Um, I fancy him better than a lot of, not a lot, but like a few, a few of the starting quarterbacks um, in the league, and I think he's got a lot to offer, and he, he's got personality. That's what I like. You know, Chill Phil there, he kind of touched on a big thing there, and that's the fact that this offense, I don't think they necessarily – Sam Darnold's not necessarily a guy you want to rally around, and I know there's no statistics to support this, but I think there's something to be said for the fact that when you put a new backup in or you put a new guy in, I think that could re-energize a team. We've seen it before with guys like Nick Foles with the Eagles. 
Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with them. They wanted to play for Nick Foles, it seemed like. It doesn't seem like this team wants to play with Sam Darnold. I mean, we've seen it on the sidelines. Robbie Anderson cussing out Sam Darnold. If there was any guy that was supposed to be on Sam Darnold's guy or on Sam Darnold's side, even through the rough or the uh, the roughest of times uh, with him as the starting quarterback, it was Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was supposed to be his guy. He's had tenure. He's got history with Sam Darnold. Even Robbie's frustrated with him. I don't think Sam Darnold was necessarily a guy the team wanted to rally around. I, I think Cam Newton is a guy at the very least. Say what you want about his playing ability at this point in his career. He's a guy that the team wants to play for. I expect an automatic surgence, an uplift when it comes to these receivers in this offense with Cam Newton in this offense. I know there's not really any kind of proof or statistics to back that up, but Phil Chill Phil mentioned it, his personality, I think he's a guy that you want to play for, and I think you'll see an offense a little bit change under the Cam Newton kind of second era with the Carolina Panthers. But the big thing is what Panthers fans got to understand or Camther fans got to understand is Cam Newton's not our future. I could see him coming back next year, but realistically he's going to ride out the rest of this year. And you got to understand Cam Newton is what? How old is Cam Newton? 30, is he 32? 32 or 33. 32 years old. He's had a pedal Liz Frank sprain a pedal ankle sprain, another ankle sprain, another ankle ligament tear. Uh, he's had hand injuries. He's had back fractures. He's had chest and rib fractures. He's had concussions. And he's tore his shoulder, shoulder rotator cuff twice. That doesn't scream future to me, especially the way that he plays. Are you grieving me on this, Chill Phil? Uh, to a certain extent, I... I think time and time again, he comes back from injuries. I like to see him stay consistent. I like to see what he can do, like if he's evolved any, um, if he's got some new tools in the wagon. We'll have to see. I'll have to disagree with you there because coming off that Liz Frank injury at the Pats, he had one of his all-time worst seasons. Granted, I will acknowledge the fact, fact that it was a short off season and that Cam did have COVID. But my thing is we got to stop the COVID deal. He was out for, what, a week or two? If you're out for a week or two and you look that bad, maybe you're just not cut out to be a starter in this league, which is, I think, something Cam's got to accept. If things don't work out here in Carolina, even with the fact that he's not been with the team for the full season or even next season, if he comes back and things don't work out, he's got to understand. Maybe he's not cut out to be a starter in this league anymore. Here's some stats for you. Cam Newton with New England. Everybody wants to talk about, well, Cam had a strong start with New England. I thought he played well with New England. Eight passing touchdowns. Ten interceptions. Then people say. Then people say you got to factor in his rushing ability. Well, Cam had twelve rushing touchdowns, which is which is pretty good. I'll give it to you. But you got to acknowledge that the fact that Cam that's kind of that even in terms of Cam standards that is good. But you got to acknowledge the type of player Cam is. He's a primarily rushing mobile quarterback. When you factor in those 12 touchdowns and those eight interceptions, you do the math, 20 touchdowns and what was it, 10 interceptions? That's still no good. That's no good. That doesn't scream future starter to me. So I got to see something significantly change here of Carolina for me to be convinced that Cam deserves to be a starter in this league. Well, do you want a star or do you want a leader? I think Cam Noon can be that leader for Carolina. Well, at the end of the day, you could be a, the best leader in the world you got to produce results. 
you got to have the ability. True. That is true. Yeah. And in these past few seasons with Cam Newton, date back to, I'll even say back to 2016, the year after the Super Bowl, I just haven't seen it with Cam Newton. He's clearly just not, he hasn't been that guy he has in that MVP year. To be quite honest with you, he's been mediocre. He's been average. Yeah, to, I mean, at the very ceiling after that Super Bowl run was above average. He's never looked elite to me after that Super Bowl year. He's never really looked all that good to me. He's never really been able to put together a good season after that year. So I, I just don't see future in Carolina when it comes to Cam Newton. I just don't see it, especially when he's 32 with all the injuries that he's had. He hasn't had a full offseason. And even if he does have a full offseason, I still don't believe in him. I love it. Kryptonite. That's why you're the best, Philip. Anyways. Will I'm, we still call him Superman? No. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I don't trust the quarterbacks in this draft this year. People may disagree, but might be a hot take. I think Kenny Pickett might be the best quarterback coming into this draft. Did you watch that game last night? I thought Kenny Pickett looked pretty good. Kenny Pickett was solid. He made some pretty tough throws. I mean, UNC at their full potential, that's a college football playoff team. Loaded with five stars. I think Matt Brown's more the problem. That offensive line is more the problem than anything. Either way, I, if you're going to bring him back yet next year, it'll be the perfect time to do it. It makes plenty of sense. I don't think it's a particularly strong quarterback class. I guess we got to get used to it. Anyways, it's going to wrap up the whole Cam Newton deal. Chime in on our Twitter or our Facebook at 94 through the game. Do you believe in Cam Newton? Do you think Cam Newton is the answer to Carolina's quarterback problems? We didn't necessarily get to the Sam Donald talk, but the, we're running short on time. Maybe we'll talk about it in this next segment. When we come back, Wrapping up the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU basketball tonight. J.H. Rose playing a playoff game. JP2, Chill Phil's alma mater, playing a championship game in Greenfield. Here's what's going on in sports tonight. Next, on the other side of this quick timeout, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Pirate fans, single-game tickets are on sale now for as low as $20 for three great games to come. East Carolina will take on the Bulls of South Florida, the Temple Owls for Hall of Fame weekend, and then Thanksgiving weekend, it's nationally ranked Cincinnati. For tickets, go to ecupirates.com. You can paint this with purple. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-price pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half-gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. WorldCat, the world's largest powered catamaran boat builder, is hiring at their Tarboro and Greenville locations. If you enjoy a challenging career opportunity, producing a top quality product, then a career with WorldCat may be for you. No experience is required. However, anyone with carpentry skills or auto body detailing skills are highly encouraged to apply. Send your resume to careers at worldcat.com. That's careers at worldcat.com or go to worldcat.com forward slash careers. I'm in the studio with my friend Sproul Alexander, who is the Senior Vice President for Town Insurance. And Sproul, people keep coming to Town Insurance. Tell us why. Henry, it's really simple. It's because of our insurance knowledge, our product choices, 
our ability to service our clients, and our community involvement. That's true. We see town insurance everywhere. But now let's talk about the choices. What kind of choices are there? What kind of insurance do you handle for people? Our choices are endless. No matter what kind of insurance that you may need, we can handle it for you. And we're talking about business. We're talking about health insurance. We're talking about home and auto, the whole gamut. Yes, sir. All right. So, folks, come to town. That's town insurance. And uh, tell us the telephone number they can reach you. 252-756-8300. And the website? Towninsurance.com. Town with an E. Got to put that E on the town. Folks, now is the time to come to town. Town insurance. Finally, we're back to traveling for the holiday season. Save time, fly local at flypgv.com. Whether you're flying to see family or having a family vacation, Pitt Greenville Airport and American Airlines can get you to Charlotte, then anywhere on the map. Save holiday time by parking right at the PGV terminal. Save time with short lines and ticketing and security. Save time by not driving an hour and a half to a big city airport. Check out the competitive rates offered at aa.com and support your local Pitt Greenville Airport this holiday season. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byram here to wrap it up. Phil the Ref Pilkington on the ones and twos. Intern Chill Phil. Big game for his alma mater, JP2, tonight. What if I told you there was a state championship game right here in Greenville tonight? Take it away, Chill Phil. Who's playing? What are you going to look forward to? You going to the game? What's the deal with this JP2 team? I love their logo. I won't be able to make it to the game, but that's right. It's my high school. I graduated from JP2 High School playing Cary Christian tonight in the state championship finals for the 2A private schools. And I'm very excited. I hope the best for my old school. I hope they can pull out the win. That new logo alone for JP2 deserves a state championship. Moving on, we got Jake Rose right here on 94 through the game, hosting Terry Sanford playoff game. I think that's in the 3A bracket. That all comes your way at 650 of Croft Massey. And the legendary RV, Philip Pilkinson, will have halftime show, post-game show with all the scores around Eastern North Carolina, the playoffs. Then, also, tune in, ECU basketball. If you can't make it to the game, tune in, 630, pregame coverage. ECU versus Canisius on 107.9 WNCT. Also, tune in. The regular host of this show, Patrick Johnson, is going to be doing play-by-play for ESPN Plus at 7 o'clock. He's joined by Cy Seymour, who we're familiar with here on 94 through the game. Used to be the color guy. All that and more to look forward to this week, and that's going to do it here for the Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man back Monday right here at 5.
This year, U.S. Cellular's making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 